Hello, everybody. This is the Friendly Bear Podcast, where we interview some of the best and brightest traders in the trading community. Listen to inspiring stories and nuggets of insight from current and future game changers in the trading space. Listen and learn as we explore all types of trading niches with some of the best in the industry from a Friendly Bear point of view. Make sure to check out the Friendly Bear Podcast new YouTube channel called Friendly Bear Research, which includes all the podcast video content and supplemental screen shares. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. With that being said, I'm your host, David, a.k.a. Reverse Long, and this is the Friendly Bear Podcast. Let's dive in. What's up, everyone? This is David, a.k.a. Reverse Long. Today, I'm here with Joe. Joe Kennedy, and we're here to do the macro jabber, which we've been doing uh, for about every two weeks now. I think it seems to work. We started it like kind of spontaneously to do it every so often, and it's just been fun to do just like these uh, 10, 15, 20 minute segments of like macro stuff. And I think uh, it's good to get familiar with the macro events that kind of tie into the whole markets and even small caps and stuff. So, like, it just, I, I'm always looking to be like a learn more. You know what I mean? So, and Joe is, is very, very good with uh, macro stuff. You, you know, he has this uh, website called like Four Eyes Finance and uh, he was at Trade Space and, you know, in the desk kind of next to me and he would always, you know, be aware of like what the Fed is doing. We have like really cool conversations of like macro stuff because he was in the military and the army and he's aware of like all this, all that stuff. So we have really cool conversations and now we have the podcasting every two weeks or so going over that over macro so in for today we have several topics okay so first we have what was it the russia thing with with putin or something you had a parade yep we'll start out with that appreciate you having me back on this is always fun it's cool because we started out i think the first one we did was the week that russia invaded ukraine Mm -hmm. so it's kind of timely now it's it's like we've been able to to touch on that every that's why it's good to that's why it's good to keep these things going is now we have like a there's like yeah, it's a sequence. Yeah, yeah. and it's interesting because when that first happened, people were talking about how S and P was potentially going to correct. There's a there's a VWAP if you anchor it to the COVID lows that comes up to 380 on SPY, and I think SPY was probably 470 at the start of the year, and everyone was talking like, oh, 380 would be next if Russia invades Ukraine, and it kind of lollipopped around for a while. But even today, I mean, SPY is down three percent; it's looking at 380 in the eye, um, but not so much for the Russian narrative anymore. Um, and so today was the Russian victory parade. Are you familiar with that at all? No. Yeah. You want to give us a background? I mean, I just, I just know the headline. Yeah. yeah. I've, I read into it a little bit. So it dates back to um, World War II and they had Russian uh, <laughs> delegates in Poland honoring certain sites, et cetera. And the big thing was supposed to be Putin's speech today. He was apparently going to announce that they're either declaring war on Ukraine or there was going to be escalation of some some type like that i woke up this morning because i couldn't find the time that putin was going to speak on and before the market opened it was kind of a nothing burger um and for the most part the russia ukraine narrative hasn't impacted the markets in a month um so if anything we'd say that lloyd austin was right when he said that this is going to be a war that could drag on for one or two or x number of years it doesn't seem like this is going to be uh closed up anytime soon so Hopefully nothing major happens uh, before the next time we do macro jabber in the Russia-Ukraine situation. Um, but it damn near seems that unless they shoot like a nuclear missile, there won't really be too many impacts on the market anymore, no? 
Yeah, I agree with that. You know, so like, I mean, as the market seems to be doing um, stuff outside of the whole Russia Ukraine. I don't know, I, but like last week it tanked also. Yeah, five six percent on Thursday, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, hopefully nothing happens. But um, it's it's interesting in American it. culture too, and kind of with the markets that uh, like our brains obviously just gravitate towards new topics very quickly. So it immediately went from Russia Ukraine to like inflation uh the fed and even things like that when you have your your aunts and uncles talking to you about the federal reserve when they haven't ever brought it up before you know it's kind of an important yeah. thing in society so yeah any any thoughts on that um what the there's been, doing? i mean everyone has some interesting takes on on how far a politician's willing to go to correct the market while at the same time remaining favorable, because so many people who don't even follow the markets look at their 401ks, and if they see that it's down 15%, they're automatically like, oh, the politicians, the politicians. So they walk a really tight line that they're going to be raising rates so aggressively, tightening the balance sheet with a market that's correcting. I don't, I've never traded through this, and uh, the more experienced people that I trade with always say that this is, this is not going to be easy to rally back to all-time highs. So... Um, but the one thing I do think it's interesting, I think we talked about it last time, the 30-year mortgage is now over 5%, but you still get less than 1% in your market money market account, in a savings account, which is fascinating, no? Interesting. I don't know too much about that, but like it's, uh, I've seen the charts of a more, what do you call it, like homes yeah. spiking up. Like, like a crazy. home index? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so it's going to be an interesting time for that as well. Um, but I'd also flip it back to you because you interview quite a few unique crypto people and people talk about Bitcoin as being like a safe haven or as being like an inflation to the market, but it's being horribly uh, correlated to what's been going on in the overall market. Now, as we're talking, BTC is testing 30K. Oh, my God. Um, so people, what do you make uh, of, yeah, of wow. crypto's safe havens and, and going um, for the next couple months? crazy, man, because uh, I... In January 1st, January 1st this year, I was in El Salvador. You know, <laughs> I opened up the El Salvador. I saw the Let's Bitcoin go. machines. Yeah. Uh, you know, people there weren't really using it. It was like, if you go there and if you're some kind of trader or whatever, you're going to be like, man, this is this is not too bullish over here. Yeah. You know, it seems like it's like what you see on the on the on the. On the media, or whatever, uh, on the Bitcoin crowd, like, oh my God, it's like, you know, revolutionary. But you go to El Salvador, it's not, you know, the people aren't too excited. No one really is holding Bitcoin over there. They're using it for like remittances, I guess, you know, transferring yeah. money, like a relative in the US sends money and then uh, they just pull it out immediately. You know, yeah. I guess it could be used for that. But like the whole, I don't know, it just didn't seem, it didn't seem like it was going to be like this freaking crazy changing, I don't know. Anyway, that's the way I opened the year. But you were uh, also just, in Miami, right? At the Bitcoin Miami, conference. at the Bitcoin conference there too. Uh, Bitcoin was around 40K at that time. Uh, yeah, that was more like a pep rally, man. These yeah. <laughs> it, it, for real, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's cool. I, I learned a lot of stuff. I saw, it was very interesting to experience that from an outsider's perspective. But um. Yeah, that was more like a pep rally. Uh, you know, uh, last week, actually, I was in Vegas and uh, for a hedge fund event. And they had one speaker there, a retired hedge fund manager, the father of the, the, the guy that organized the event. And he runs a fund as well. Uh, and this guy ran a $35 billion hedge fund of 
for like 20 years. Um, anyway, he was his theory about Bitcoin was that it's being controlled uh, in a channel. Someone is controlling it in that channel to buy it up, to force yeah. it to be, go down and buy it low and then prevent it from going. So I just keep it in there for and it's going to be a while until that channel breaks until this person's agenda or whatever, whatever's going on, the the agenda of whoever's controlling it is satisfied. So who knows, who knows how long that's going to be perspective though, because you hear like quite a few different people and obviously trade space in Puerto Rico has a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Bitcoin. So you hear a lot of people describe different uses for it, different price targets, that whole thing. Um, And I, I don't know Have you looked much into Michael Saylor. I, I've I've watched one podcast interview with him in uh, on it's called the PBD podcast. Okay. And uh, actually, I've had the Bitcoin historian, which was also on that podcast a few podcasts before Michael Saylor. Yep. I had him on on the Friendly Bear podcast, and his name is Kurt Worker, and he I actually that, yeah. Yep. And then and then I had he was on the, he was at the. He was at the trial of Satoshi Nakamoto yeah. when he was whatever. And I had a whole podcast of that. We know who Satoshi is. He's Dr. Craig Wright. Anyway, so then, and then you know, a week from now, I'm gonna he actually invited me to go to a conference in uh Dubai to meet yeah. Dr. Craig Wright. So like I'm going uh for, for BSV. So it's called I think it's Bitcoin Vision or something. Uh I don't know what it actually stands for. I That's forgot. So but cool. it, but uh, yeah, but but uh, Satoshi created BSV to be the upgraded version of BTC. So there's a lot of you know, Bitcoin is kind of is is new. It is a relatively new phenomenon. So it's still like got a lot of sketchy factors to it. Like no one like people don't want to acknowledge that Satoshi Nakamoto is Dr. Craig Wright, and yeah. and then you have like this the exchanges like FT what is it FTX, FTX. yeah and and Crypto.com and all this kind of stuff. They don't want to acknowledge BSV as the upgraded version of BTC because it will change the. It will have to reorg. It's like learning how to type a keyboard again. And once you set with one version of it, even though there's a better version of typing, you yeah, you you're know, too stubborn and there's too much yeah. invested. Yeah. So there, there's a there's some of that going on, and uh, you know it's still new. You know, so it's interesting to see how it's going to play out. And and you know the float of Bitcoin is kind of low, so it can be controlled. And at the same time, like Satoshi, no one knows how much this guy has. Apparently, it's like 15 to 20 percent of the float. So you can dump at any time. So and then, you yeah. know, and then the float is low because people lose their Bitcoins. There's a lot of stuff going on. And it's, it's interesting. You mentioned TradeSpace. It's like before TradeSpace, I, I had I didn't care. I didn't I was bearish on Bitcoin. I thought it was a big just Ponzi scheme, which it probably still is. But like I thought it was just pure. It had no value. Speculation, yeah. Yeah. And um. No, it's like when you go to these events, when you go to El Salvador, it's kind of fun to go to these, the way I saw it. Yeah. And you speak to people like Spencer and Lucci and all these guys in trade space with the whole Bitcoin uh, stuff and they're trading it and Kevin, whatever, and yeah. you talk to all of them. You kind of educate yourself. And even though I'm not, a, I don't know, I'm not crazy about Bitcoin. I don't know what that cra- amount yeah. of it, but I know enough where like, okay, there, you know, I, I educated myself pretty well in it oh, yeah. i put i put like i'll say like a solid 40 hours into bitcoin because like yep. when i talk to some other traders whatever like oh bitcoin ah, it's a joke i was like man i think you need to educate yourself on it spend like 30 40 hours i spoke to all the right people i went to the actual places and so like you know yeah. 
It's I'm interesting. Not, I'm, um, I have a few friends who aren't traders at all. They're more so like you'd say crypto investors. You're just millennials who got their hands on a couple thousand and want to do invest in crypto. And you had Brian Shannon on the podcast. Yeah, and have yeah. you ever seen his chart with the four cycles of a stock? Uh, no. There's like the accumulation, which is basically yeah, like- Yeah, okay, yeah, I saw, I saw that one, yeah. And you're seeing, and then he like labels the emotions in each phase of the, yeah. of the life cycle. And it's crazy to see how some of it has played out with some of my friends and people who aren't necessarily traders, because obviously everyone knows that if you get super emotional as a bank holding trader, like good luck. But yeah, they yeah. have all the emotions during the accumulation, like this is it, this is it. And then it starts going up and they're like, wow, we told you this is it. And then they're at the peak and it's like a euphoric, like I could never sell this. We're pushing higher. And now as it comes down, it's like, it's going to bounce. It's going to bounce in like, it's I don't know. Nature, I think that's, that's really interesting. And for somebody like myself, I've only been trading for, you know, 11 months now, like more experienced people have seen that play out over and over and over again with all these different stocks, crypto, you name it, where you see this and not to say that it can't rally again and start the cycle over. But now we've seen it from pretty much 2020 to now go up and down. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's, it's human emotions. You know, it's yeah. like the charts and graphs are just like a drawing of, of the emotional cycle. You know, yep. it's incredible. Uh, I know like Jesse Livermore. Did you, yep. did you read that book? The yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, he says like the market never changes, but like, no, no, but human nature never changes, you know? So like yep. even, you know, even like human beings 200 years ago, 100 years ago are behaving the same way when it comes yep. to markets. <laughs> They're feeling the, the gut feelings of like sickness and happiness, euphoric. They, these call. guys with the with the top hats and all that back in the yep. day and then the, and the women with the dresses, the gowns, they all yep. had the same emotions as us. Can you believe that? Like nice. same exact, exact. Yeah. It just all happened so much yeah. quicker now. And you have yeah, so much yeah, 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 yeah. At least they could go home and like drink a beer and not think about it for a little bit. But yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, awesome. So, so okay. So then we're uh, the last. What was another topic we uh, mentioned? Twitter. We we're gonna El shut Elon out. Musk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we can shut it out. But uh, talk about the Hindenburg research report that you were mentioning. Yeah, so I, we I read. Out. I read the um, the headline. Okay, so Musk holds all the cards. We see significant risks that the Twitter deal gets rep repriced lower. So looking at the headline, apparently like Musk has all the control and he can like force a renegotiation of the price, I guess. Uh, I didn't read read it too much, but Musk is taking wants to take it private. Um, he mentioned t taking Tesla or what was it something else private before, and he got fined by the SEC, I think. Yeah, he had talked about Tesla a long time ago, though. Like, so he bluffed, uh, and like yeah. you know, so like how much of this is true of the, okay so we have the 5420 <laughs> the price that he bought it for yeah $54.20 a share and uh how much of that see people are now are betting that okay it might not be true you know it, it yep. because like the price is lower if, if it's, it sells for 5420 i think all you got to worry about is like short term tax gain if you buy it now and wait for the 5420 you're just worried about right. the short term tax but like it, the price is going lower and lower because people are betting that it's not that like, I guess now they're getting scared oh, off this true. report. But um, yeah, a lot of stuff going on with that. But uh, I think it's interesting that I I like that he bought Twitter. It's gonna change. We talked about that before. Actually, you you brought it up before you even bought it. Yep. Yeah. How did you know about that, Joe? Well, no, you had brought it up before. Uh, I, I 
I don't podcast remember. a year ago and you, we had spoken about it probably months ago. And then yeah. I had seen a few tweets of speculation. I, it, it came back in my head. I'm like, oh, I'll have to ask David about this because I remember he had mentioned it. We was accumulating shares. Yeah. Interesting, uh, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, but, think, uh, I hope yeah, it goes I, through. I, I think the only development really that we that we can update from the last one or to talk about, and we're not trying to get the Friendly Bear podcast censored, but it's interesting that they've created the disinformation committee, which has like been through the Department of Homeland Security. It's like a legitimate yeah. thing now. And it's been like the immediate response to the Twitter. Wait, so, so Department of Homeland Security created that? Yeah, it's going to be like a part of the Department of Homeland ah. Security. And it's very like, it's still obviously very early in the works and nobody really knows what it means. Because um, they had asked Jen Psaki during some of the White House press briefs and she was very ambiguous. And they had the head of the Department of Homeland Security, I'm blanking on his name, testifying um, in front of the Senate last week. And he also was like, not really understanding its role and what really that is going to mean. So nonetheless, it's interesting that Elon has brought this out as like a response to having a free speech platform. Uh, it's interesting. Interesting. But um, yeah, let's see how it develops. What do you think is yeah. next? On, what do you think is next with it? You just got to finalize the purchase. I think it's like in a couple months. Yeah. So, and- from, but these things take a while, right? Cause Activision was acquired by, Apple, right? And I think it's going to take 24 months. And when I worked in banking, like a lot of these things take a long time. So there's still plenty of opportunity. I'm sure. Are you familiar with the predictive markets? No. I've never, I haven't gone on the website recently. That's where you can go and bet on like elections. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember. I, yeah, I know. I, I bet we could. I, don't, I wonder what the spread is. I'm going to go look at it after the call, but I bet you could go on and like put a bet whether or not the Twitter deal will actually close. Interesting. So, I got to check that out. Yeah, yeah. What's 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 your take on it? Do you think it's going to go through or? Um, I don't. I haven't read the. I mean, the, the headline of the Hindenburg thing. It kind of makes sense. Like he he does have a lot of the cards. Like if you have yeah. that much that much uh, leverage, you can renegotiate a lower price. But like, how much lower can can Twitter be? I don't know. It's like it's yeah. already been beaten down a lot. I mean, he's just going to take full advantage. Yeah, maybe he does reprice it lower. Actually, do you forty four twenty? 4420, so 4420. 4420. <laughs> Do you follow Elon's oh, um, Jets Twitter account? Uh, no. You know how all planes have the tags on them and you can track all the tags? Okay. So this one college student um, connected the dots and he found Elon's, and it's all public information. Like I can go on flightware.com and type in the tag of an airplane and see its location. Oh, Regardless sure. of what it is, I think Air Force One is the only one where it's like, yeah. you not know this tag. And then he created a bot where every time it was updated its location, it tweets where it is. So he's been following Elon. And then Elon tweeted at him. You could go read this later and said, like, I want you to take this down because now people are showing up at the airports, like trying to protest him because you can follow his, but it's public. Um, And this weekend he had flown from, you know, California better than I do. He had flown from one airport in San Francisco to another one which basically showed that he was going from like the Gigafactory to the Tesla headquarters. So now everyone's tracking him and when he's going to the Twitter area. Man, that's interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, I might have to go join them too. And go. to that point, they also, there were people who were making land transactions because I'm in Austin right now and the Tesla Gigafactory is here. It's huge. Yeah. And they had followed his plane and put two and two together that he was going to build it here and started investing in the land around the Gigafactory because obviously Tesla needs it now for neighborhoods. and Yeah. So people had also, I had read a few articles on that. If I was smarter and had a lot more money, I would have probably tried to do the same. So interesting. So interesting. Yeah. Awesome. 
All right, uh, Jose, any other any other thoughts? Nothing else. It's always good awesome, catching man. up. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Well, thanks for coming on for the macro jabber. We'll yes, we'll, we'll we'll Talk follow up on the, all these topics in a in a couple of weeks. Look forward to it. Peace, right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. I'll see you guys later. Bye. That concludes today's episode. Make sure to like and subscribe to the channel on the platform you use. The Friendly Bear Podcast is hosted by me, David, where you can find me on Twitter at reverse underscore long. You can find the Friendly Bear Podcast at www.thefriendlybearpodcast.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, and now on YouTube at Friendly Bear Research. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Friendly Bear Podcast.